Welcome to Engaging Parenting, the Bridgeway podcast on parenting kids and teens. We're here to talk specifically about the glorious and terrifying work of parenting teenagers in our culture, why being spiritually and culturally informed is essential, and discussing practical tips on how you can parent confidently and watch your teenagers thrive. My name is Pastor Cliff, and I'm here with Pastor Matt. Hi, Pastor Cliff. You doing good? Doing great. Doing great. What is what is our topic today? What are we talking about? So we're going to dive into something that we know all of us are dealing with, but we also see it always heavily with our kids and then especially with teens, and that's what media and technology is doing with your teen's mind and heart. And yes. so something that tends to be always um, a, a constant reality, even when we've set up patterns in parenting, we get to the teenage years and there's like more technology, more media going on. And so we have a lot of questions that we think are kind of key to this. Yeah. Why don't you kind of take us through those, Cliff? Yeah. And, and the thing with media and social media is as soon as a, a student gets to the teenage years, it's like there's this switch of, oh, now they're all they want to do is be on their phone or on their computer or playing video games. Yeah, you have it in the preteen, even sometimes in elementary school. But for some reason, once they hit the age of a teenager, they feel the need to actually grow in the media world. But yes, we have questions um, that we want to address here in this podcast. And the first one is this, do you as a parent need to be monitoring your teen's social media accounts? Um, Should you have a social media account yourself? And do you need to be checking on what apps they're using or what they're communicating with? Yeah. Yeah. A really important question that I'm sure you as a a parent have discussed with your spouse or with other moms and dads, Um, you know, and it doesn't matter on whether or not your approach to parenting you feel like has set them up or the trust level is there or not um, with them or with others. Um, We're still always wrestling. What is too much? What's too little? What does monitoring look like? Exactly. Exactly. And uh, so we're going to, we're going to try to come into that with a couple of uh, bigger principles um, as well. The second question um, that to us relates to it is how can social media be beneficial? Right. Yeah. Because we're not out it here can to be say beneficial at some point. Yeah. We're not out here to say that this is an inherent evil. Exactly. Um, yeah. But, but to kind of go, you know, how do we, how do we wrestle with that question? One, just in the big picture, but then of course, how do we wrestle with that for our teens, especially when it comes to their identity, which you're going to hear will come up a lot within this. Yeah, exactly. And the, and the third question is how do you get your kid unhooked from social media? How do you get their faces not looking down for the majority of their life and looking at you at your face. Yeah. And some parents might even have to lift up their faces from their device in order mm-hmm. to think about that exactly. question, you know, because it's like, it's one of those realities. I think we all know I, I own it. You know, I'm transparent that I can be on my device a lot and be in, engulfed in it. Yeah. And so, you know, when you're trying to then look at, Oh, my son or daughter is on it too much, you know, like you have to think about, yourself within it. So, you know, we're sorry, parents, that this will apply to all of us, but we're going to really try to give you the tips on how to navigate it with your teens. Yes. <laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah. it's important because there's a lot of ambiguity on the effect of media and technology, and there's yeah. not a clear consensus. So w- we just think that these are important. And then we have two uh, other questions that we're going to tackle a little bit more in the next episode, but just so you're aware of them, one of them is going to be, how do you foster healthy dialogue about how your teens feel about themselves and what they believe others think about them on social media. Um, because a lot of this goes back to identity. You know, how do you, how do you have conversation with them or get them to talk about it? Um, and then the next question would be, you know, what do I do if, my, if I see my son or daughter becoming depressed, envious, or hurt by what they see, read, or watch? And, and often that's the experience a lot of parents might feel on the other end, that they, they haven't thought about it until they watch this happening with their kids, with their with their teens. So, so important questions. Yeah. 
we wanted to give you the questions before we kind of did all of our conversing. Yeah, but now let, let's take a let's take a step back and kind of look at how social media and technology is affecting our teens. I saw um, a quote once that said nearly 80% of teenagers report checking their device at least once hourly, but so do nearly 70% of parents. So this is an issue that not only teenagers are dealing with of how to navigate social media and technology, but also you as the parent is trying to navigate this as well, which makes this topic super important. Yeah. And what makes this like, cause we're zooming back um, on this, like the, the progress of innovation, um, it's brought us to this technically savvy area, savvy era that all of us have access. Now, not every home has the same access. And some of you might go, Hey, we're really good. We don't have iPads in the house. We don't have smartphones all over the place, but, but a majority of us do. And so, like we said, like this is, becomes important because the same research that Cliff was quoting um, also talks about how the the teens themselves notice that there's something amiss because they're mm. told yeah, that's how much restriction they should have, and they're told that they're being distracted, but then they're watching their parents. And so this is going to be one of those, I, I'm going to say, harder, challenging parenting pieces because this is something that you have to do almost more modeling and imitating mm. than disciplining. Yeah. And that's hard because it's easier to discipline yeah. as a parent. And that's the that's the wrestling in the teenage years is I can't discipline them the same way as when they were five yeah. um, or three. And so, uh, so again, that this zooming back is good. Yeah. And with, and with this kind of concept of, of zooming back, we're in an era of greater and more complex creativity. Um, and most people nowadays, um, there's a high value in creativity, not, not a bad thing at all. That's actually really great. I love that we're in an era of like, we're valuing creativity, but technology has given us the access to be more creative right? Because you, you look at graphic design people, right? They're on their computer all the time and they create these beautiful images um, that you can only do on the computer, right? So it, it's forcing us to get onto our technology, our phone, because we're able to create more things, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting. I was just talking about this with my wife recently about the, the reality that a lot of the companies that are creating all these devices, they're recognizing how important this is. And so they're now creating features in on the newer models of the galaxies or the iPhones that give you the ability to restrict how much time you yeah. can spend on certain apps mm -hmm. or certain. But you have control pieces. over it. Well, you do. But just the fact that they're having to bring that in after yeah. there's been a number of years where that hasn't existed as a control feature shows you that they're recognizing this isn't healthy and they're recognizing that people don't have the discipline or the self-control. Yeah. And that itself should be a trigger because as Christian families, which we assume most of people that are listening to this are, I mean, if you're not, that's okay. Like we know that there should be something else shaping us and, yeah. and we shouldn't depend on a company to have to create the features. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. What do you, too, I know I'm bringing yeah. that up as like a new thing. So what do you think about yeah, that? Yeah. What's interesting and what makes me think about that is, you know, every week I get a notification on my phone. Oh, last week you were on, you were looking at something two hours every day or two and a half hours or something like that, which I, apparently on average, it's like three to four hours every day. Someone's on your phone. And so at two hours, I'm like, yes. Um, but what's interesting is now that's part of your iPhone experience, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you get to see how much time, how much, how many hours you're spending on your phone. Yeah. And, and, yet what's and they created that. And yet what's interesting about that is if you are a parent trying to tell your 
son or daughter that they've been on something for two or three hours, they'd like scream back at you. Yeah. Oh, shut up. Yeah. You, you know, and a lot of us know, know that real feeling of, yeah. uh, but yet like, but now know, there's proof again, companies are doing that. So we could talk about a lot of that in a lot of different ways, but let's, we want to get into a little bit of, for those of you parents that maybe not are not as savvy with all this. We want to talk a little bit about what's out there um, mm-hmm. in terms of what are some of the main, especially social media pieces that students are using in terms of what they're tracking on. So um, the first one that if you're not aware of is Snapchat. And Snapchat is the number one in terms of the amount of people Numero uno. that are accessing it. And, uh, and, and there's a lot within that. Um, the fact that it's private, the fact that it um, focuses on people, you know, videotaping themselves and sending it to certain friends or making it available for a lot of people. Um, a lot of people reference the fact that girls, the, the usage is 20% higher for females. Yeah. And so like that's something that if, if you're looking across your, your teenage kids, um, girls tend to be more drawn to that. But guys, of course, also like girls. And uh, <laughs> and so they're drawn to it yeah. because of that. And then And then one that's becoming more of a group version of that is a, a new app called House Party that's kind of doing the same idea but with a group of videos, yeah. which I think you were telling me Facebook – or not Facebook, Apple has come out yeah, with Yeah, you have that group FaceTimes face now. Mm-hmm. You can FaceTime multiple people at the same time. So, so they're, it's becoming more communal again, but it's yeah. still this aspect of video conversing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also friends that I have that they won't talk on the phone, audio, or or text – but they want a video yeah. FaceTime, FaceTime every time. Mm-hmm. And and it's, you know, so again, there's almost this drive of, I want to be connected. I want to see the person, you know, in that way. But sometimes um, that's a positive. That person, for example, lives in another country, another state. Exactly. And you get to actually see their face. Yeah. Like no, that's th- actually really cool. Yeah. Right? And then of course the, the other things that are out there are Instagram. Most of us have heard that um, before. Instagram is a very popular social media account. Um, YouTube, again. Um, is YouTube's actually, number two. YouTube's number two. Right, and so there's Snapchat, YouTube, and then Instagram. Yeah, and and YouTube's become prolific. It's it's all over the place because everybody uses it. If you want to watch something that's humor, or you want to watch a clip from a movie, or mm-hmm. or um, information on how to do things, and yeah. so it's become this tool. But it's it's just, it's being accessed for everything and anything. Um, and so there's one research site. Um, I think Fuller Youth Institute might have had it that they they talk about how by 2020, um, they're saying 80 percent of global internet traffic is going to be attributed to videos. Which, which means that things like YouTube that are video dominant, um, they're going to continue to increase. Um, and so like just to recognize that, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, you mentioned Instagram. Um, Ask FM is, is another one where, yeah. where a lot of students are on there. And again, these are things that they expose some of your life and they get people to engage with you on some aspect of your life or your person. So again, you'll see almost all of these connect to an identity. Yeah, piece. and then the last one, um, that I just popped in my head is zoom.us. This is mm. something you can go online and it's kind of like a video conferencing. This is something I, I use on a weekly basis. Um, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a conference call and somebody's in another state and we're kind of, you know, in a meeting, but over the internet. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. But. And, and that started, I think from educational institutions Yeah, and then, but it's becoming more common all the way around. And then we're not even getting into, I mean, this less could go on. Yeah. Netflix, Hulu, yeah. Crackle, um, different channels, and most Fo- of you Fox know of these. apps, you know, most NBC apps, ABC apps, like, like there's so many things that people can access and that yeah. they work, but these are the dominant ones that you have to be aware of. But, but then, you know, to us, there's, there's something that undergirds all of this. And that's the fact that there's certain cultural principles 
that we, we're always kind of dealing with, kind of going through. And one of them is the fact that we live now in an on-demand decade, that, that we're in a, in a period of time that everybody expects things to work at the moment. Um, you know, no category has remained untouched by on-demand expectations, whether it's, um, you know, DoorDash and ordering fast food or it's having so everything fun. happening quick. Um, you know, people are, are online constantly and they expect things to be accessible and work. And, and I, I've known this a lot more recently because my computer is starting to fade and my Wi-Fi is delaying on connecting. So it'll take like seven to eight minutes. Oh my gosh, that's so long. I know. <laughs> and I'm what do you like, do? I, uh, you play on your phone? I try to pray. <laughs> and uh, and so try being the keyword, but but that becomes one piece. Um, you know, this technology and, and and the social media aspects they become this ever present need. I, I've mentioned this before, but there's a, a popular Xfinity clip that has Mark um, Wahlberg walking around and he's talking about Xfinity and and he talks about it's given us this freedom, enabling us to do anything, anywhere, at any time, and it's and it's like one of the basics where it's you know food, water, internet. You know, like, yeah. and and again, those things are are undergirding the the desire for all these things to become accessible. Um, but then, the, of course, what it does is these things create more time, and like you talked about, they bring this stronger creativity. But then they're taking taking a lot more of time. people's time, mm-hmm. and uh, and and there's a great commercial if you wanted to YouTube it. Uh, <laughs> Nature Valley um, did a clip where it's interviewing kids, parents, and grandparents about what they did for fun as a kid, and they start mm-hmm. with the grandparents. And then they go to the parents and then they start talking to the kids and then they show the grandparents and the parents what the kids said. And all the kids, it's devices, yeah, video games, watching things, all that kind of stuff. And again, it's showing that, hey, this is creating more time, but it looks like it's stealing yeah. something from us, which is, again, why this is important well, and to then, talk about. And, and again, media is becoming the constant backdrop of life. Like everybody, media is, beso- is behind every person's uh, job conversation, um, time management, like media is always has always been and is continuing to be the the backdrop. It ranks as one of the most powerful sociological forces known to man, having greater power than education, government, or church. Yeah, that man. That's yeah. crazy. And th- and that should that's why this is important to talk about because it's not just an issue for you parenting your teens. It's an issue that has to do with our hearts. And so so we want to talk though about what this is doing um what this exposure especially with social media and technology is doing to your teens. Yeah. Like like what kind of influence it, it's leaving. And and some of it like we could always go deeper and that's why we're going to have two different episodes on this. But you know, one of the biggest things that I think we all have to just admit is that it is behaviorally shaping them. Yeah, it it, is. It's, it's adjusting their patterns. It's adjusting their behavior. It's adjusting their rhythms and their values. There's a great thing done by uh, Vivid Ideas. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a group called We Are Social. And they were looking at all the algorithms that are just mm. built into so much of the internet and technology and all these media sites. And they were showing how all the agri- algorithms affect who we talk to, what we buy, where we go, how much we earn, and even to the point where who we marry. You know, in terms of yeah. what you're seeing and your, the connections you're making with people on the social media sites, as well as people now doing, you know, online dating type of things, which has been around for a while, but it just continues to grow. Um, but it's impacting all these areas. And yeah. and I think we forget that these things have been set up to do that. Yeah. And uh, again, they're not trying to initially be an inherent evil, 
but then they get captured by different aspects of the flesh. Yeah, no, no, totally. And then we look at um, the statistics from a mentoring the future study funded by the National Institute of Drug Abuse says that teens who spend more time than average on screen activities are more likely to be unhappy. And those who spend more time than average on non-screen activities are more likely to be happy. That's an interesting statement because um, I, I think even I find in my own life that, you know, when I'm at, on my phone or watching TV for too long a time, I like leave and my eyes kind of like recalibrate. Right. And uh-huh. I feel like I'm I'm zoning out and like it's hard for me to have a conversation with someone. That's why we hear the phrase of, oh, I just needed to get out of the house. Right. <laughs> and it's not usually you needing to get out of the house. It's you needed to get away from your um, technology and your stuff that's (laughs) distracting you. Yeah. I've Cliff and I have talked before. I I teach a youth culture trends and issues class at William Jessup. And, um, when we did it, the last class, we did a, uh, this, this thing called an ethnography experience. And it's a, it's a sociological exercise that gives people a chance to do a lot of observation about people or, or, or life or pattern or rhythm. And one of the assignments we had, this is one of like our students loved it is their homework was to do a four hour Netflix or media binge. Like without leaving? Like, like they had to sit down and watch shows on Netflix or Hulu or oh, YouTube. Wow. That sounds like the dream. You would think, you would think. <laughs> and, uh, and so they were supposed to like during that time, write down what they watched, um, what they felt like when they started, what they felt like during who they were with, um, how, how hungry they were, <laughs> like, like, did they get up and get snacks? What did they eat? And then what they felt like at the end. And, and everyone did their studies. They turned them in. We discussed it as a class and, and the discussion actually became the most revealing piece, which is one of the reasons we did this because we talked about how everyone felt at the end of those four or five hours and no one felt good. Like mm, everyone yeah. felt like this kind of like feeling that you just described yeah. that like, what, uh, you know? Yeah. And, and then we started talking about the difference between if you were to sit and listen to music, just audio for eight hours or four hours, or if you were to sit and read a book for four hours, you don't have that same type of feeling. Yeah, you don't. When you, when you get up, from listening to music, some people feel inspired. Mm-hmm. They're they're moving right with yeah. it. When somebody's reading a good book and they get up after four hours, you might be like stiff from how you're sitting, but they're usually going, "Man, like I love this." I'm in. But there's something different about when your eyes are drawn to this visual technology, and when you're spending that much time doing that, it does something to how you feel in your body. But then it also affects our relationships, right? Yeah. No, definitely. And. Uh, uh, the other thing that we need to take a look at too is um, when you're on your devices or on on social media, you're attuned to needs of yourself rather than family or community because you're looking at your Instagram and who's liked your posts and who has looked at you know your posts or your story or anything like that, and then you forget about the the relationships that truly do matter to you, like your siblings and your parents and your your cousins and maybe even your neighbors that want to play basketball out on the court but you don't want to because you're on your phone. Or you're really bad at basketball. Hey, I know you're looking right at me when you <laughs> no, say that. No, there's no one else here to look at. <laughs> I'm ter- I'm, I'm I not, am terrible at I'm basketball. I'm not good at basketball either. I'm it's, just being... I'm not I, the best. I'm just being honest. And I mean, to spin it positive, you know, there there are... A lot of you guys can probably think of some of your teens that they actually... Are, they've, they've been raised and you've had a chance to shape well about what they do, about being maybe selfless mm-hmm. and encouraging. And so sometimes I have seen people that they've gone around... And they've flipped that where they've 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 allowed their media and technology engagement to be a chance to bless 
yeah. and, and communicate in a healthy way with others. And so like, that's the thing is we don't want to make this all like doomsday. Mm-hmm. Um, but to, to realize that when you, when you're spending that time investing in this as a parent, it really shapes and affects how they interga- interact with community and and then it, it removes that self selfishness focus. Yeah, and for those of you who are listening to this, our next episode is going to be about media again, but we're going to give a little bit more practical tips on how we can use the platform of media to truly um, not just make our lives more destructive, but enhance our lives even better. Yes, yeah. So stay tuned to our next episode. Yeah, how, how can Christ transform this cultural aspect, this technological aspect? Yeah. Um, another thing about what the exposure is doing is it's not only distracting, but it's interrupting what can be important to your to your teens. And and a lot of us know this of distraction is something that's normal, but uh, but the interruption can really mess us up because sometimes we're trying to value something and then we're missing it because we need this dopamine hit. And if we were to get into the psychology of it, which we're not going to, sometimes with some of the things we're doing on social media on technology. It, it provides a dopamine release in your brain that makes you want to go back for more, which is why a lot of people, they can be doing homework or doing something else and then they'll pick up their phone yeah. and then they'll put it back down mm-hmm. and then they'll pick up their phone and they'll put it back. And, and the, the interruptions, and you see people do that in relationships, yeah. right? Where like they should be listening and then they'll pick up their device. Mm-hmm. And and there's there's stuff that's happening on a psychological level. We don't have time to get into that, but that partial attention, partial distraction piece that 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 shaping for your teens is 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 hard. Now, I got a lot of you parents are probably just not in your heads right now going, "Yes, it is." Yeah. And so again, like Cliff said, we want to help talk through what do you do with that? What what are some healthy things to to break that pattern? That was one of the big questions we had. Yeah, and the and the last kind of exposure piece on what's happening uh to these teenagers is they can express more of themselves and shape their identity through the tech and online world. Now, and this whole topic of identity is something that both Pastor Matt and I talk about all the time to our students and here at Bridgeway. And identity is not who we are on social media. And I know all of you parents are nodding your head. Yeah, I understand that. We, we get that. But I think even ourselves and we find ourselves looking at the likes, looking at who looked at our post, who looked at our story. We're like, oh, man, I, I'm only as good as how many likes I get. And that is not true. Our identity is not in how many likes we have. Our identity is who God calls us, and he calls us his own, his sons, his daughters. So that's so crucial. And here's the thing is uh, Matt and I were talking about this um, a couple days ago is every year we go to Hume Lake for summer, for summer camp. And every year um, we take away um, the students' phones. And they always complain. They always bicker. They're always like, I use it for pictures. Come on. Like it's a camera phone too, all that stuff. And we're like, we take your phone. And every you year- just tape a phone, though, to the back of a camera, yeah, and then it would work. That doesn't make any sense, but thank you, Matt. <laughs> um, yeah, but so we take their phones every every summer camp, and then they actually learn how to have relationship and conversation without their phones. I actually see a relief um, fall off these students' face. Now, they would never admit that, but when they uh, give their phone over to us, I see this, Right. It's possible for these students to be detached. It is very possible. Yeah. And and yeah, the reason why Cliff and I were even discussing that is because a lot of us go, well, I can't, I can't take it away from them. Yeah. Sometimes we'll say it's my own sanity. Like they they drive me nuts if they're not (laughs) occupied. Sometimes we go, no, they, they gripe too much. They, they'll, they'll freak out. They'll flip out. They'll, They'll become more disobedient. 
and and it's kind of one of those things where it's that's it becomes more of this slight accommodation and that's why we're sharing those stories because yeah. we, we we try to show that like we've created environments sometimes in youth world where we take it away or we give them the opportunity to freely give it away yeah and a lot of them do it mm-hmm. and and they and they realize how refreshing it is yeah. for them and that's why we're saying you as parents can do the same thing chick-fil-a used to do that thing where they had the little things in the middle of their tables that you could put everyone puts their cell phone in the middle, huh. right? And, That's and, really cool. And, yeah, and, the, and Chick-fil-A did that as a business. People used to do that as home practices. And I've seen ones like, I've seen online media challenges where it says, you know, do that at a restaurant and the first person to pick up their phone has Pays to pay for, for everyone, you yeah. know? And, uh, but, but you know, that story, um, interactive worship nights and other environments where we wanted the students to be fully focused and not distracted. We had these, um, it was kind of like a mini treasure chest that we would collect the students' phones at the we door. We still collect that so, in, the, in the phone like that. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and again, it's another time that, you know, there's sometimes some antsiness that you see in their body and their body language when they're having to give it up. But then you watch them engage throughout the night, and it's so different than when you watch that on another worship time. And then you look over and there's kids scrolling through their Instagram. Yeah. Or there's kids looking at a video game. And, and I mean, granted – we see this in the main service. It's not just a teen thing, right? It's mm-hmm. it's everywhere. But again, as parents of teenagers, we're trying to talk about how you being able to monitor, you being able to engage and discuss with them on this helps because you're playing a role into how they look at their identity. We just gave you guys some examples on what these teenagers are being exposed to because of social media and media. So we need to be able to monitor it. Yes. So here are some things real quick before we end this episode and um, kind of move on are ways young people use the internet and social media. What are, yeah. what are some ways? And, and technology. Yeah. So obviously because we've been talking about identity, it helps them to connect with other people, comment on and discuss things. And one way that's building those skills, the, the, the negative to that can be it's opinion yeah. And, and not always healthy discussion, but sometimes that allows um, dialogue and discussion of things. Um, like you mentioned with creativity, they're ending up finding, creating, and sometimes sharing very um, beautiful and distinctive photos, videos, um, written pieces, you know, where you're getting a chance to see what people's creativity is um, much more quickly than you would any time in history. Yeah, and the, and another thing is they're able to join or follow in interest groups. Um, I still have a Facebook. I know that's kind of obsolete right now, but I still have a Facebook. Have you heard of Facebook before? Uh, Bookface. Yeah, Bookface. Yeah. So I have a Facebook still, and there I'm on a page that's called Worship Drummers. I, I'm a drummer, and what's really awesome about this page is you see worship drummers from all over the country posting about their struggles or posting about questions, and you have people all over the country answering them. So what's cool is maybe you feel disconnected with some of the people around you, but if you're really into, you know, drumming or worship or anything that's specific to you, you can follow a page on Facebook and you can see other like-minded um, people, which which is awesome, really yeah. cool. Well, and again, it's, you know, people find something that they're interested in and then those communities are able to, to connect from sometimes across city, state, nation, world. Yeah. Um, I, do you know what Ice Bear is? The We Bear Bears? No, that's something that I've watched a bunch of middle school boys get all excited about. And it's like a cartoon, kind of a mixture between like a manga and not, but uh, it's, and they all are going on and talking about it. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. I spare. And the next thing that teenagers are doing online is obviously playing online games. Um, That's from Satan though. 
Uh, you know, who knows? Uh, my Thorn in My Flesh is an online game. So, yeah. uh, X, yeah. X, Xbox, you can play with your friends. You get to talk to them. Sometimes yeah. I, I used to have a volunteer who would play video games with his students almost every week. Yeah. And he would use those conversations online as positive conversations. Yeah. So, I just want to clarify that he was my volunteer first. And then okay, you inherited true. him as a volunteer. I did inherit so, him. Um, All right, moving on. Um, <laughs> also, yeah. uh, students are able to learn more about topics that interest them. You know, we call Rabbi Google, right? And when we're wondering what's happening, you know, my mom is always does this when we're having a conversation and we don't know the answer to something. She pulls out her phone. She's like, let's find out. Alexa, Siri. Um, so all of this goes back, though, to say that, like, we asked the questions in the beginning. Do I need to be monitoring our teen's social media accounts? Do we need to have an account? Can this be beneficial? We hope that we're, you're seeing that it's an important topic. And, and we do believe that the answer is yes to those questions, and we're going to talk about that in the next episode. But we hope that you can see that there are benefits, but then there also are cautions that we need to exactly. have, which is why you need to monitor. So thanks for joining us here on Engaging Parenting, and uh, we hope that uh, you can hear the next episode and kind of engage with us on that. If you have questions that you want to ask, you can email those to ask at bridgeway.church and just put in the subject line question for engaging parenting. And uh, we want to hear a little bit of your feedback and input on this. And since we talked about identity and likes, um, if you want to like our podcast, you know, that, that would be so great. That makes us feel better. I would feel um, so great as a person if you liked it. But uh, just, you know, know that it's not about identity. It's about equipping you guys. So have a great day. And thanks for following and listening us here on the Engaging Parenting Podcast, and we hope to see you again soon. Thank you for listening to the Engaging Parenting Podcast, hosted by Pastor Matt Bach and Pastor Cliff Woodward, presented by Bridgeway Christian Church. For more information about Bridgeway and other content, visit bridgeway.church.